looking at biblical fasting. Fasting part two. As you know, we said that there are three things that one may do. Fasting, prayers, and meditation. And about two weeks ago, I taught something on meditation. Christian meditation. And today we continue with the final part of biblical fasting. So that you may understand, know the reason why we are fasting and also how to fast. So that your fasting is not just in vain, but you know what you are fasting for. Biblical fasting part two. And for our text, let's go to the book of Second Samuel. Second Samuel chapter twelve. Second Samuel chapter twelve. Verses fifteen to twenty-three. Recap fasting part two. Second Samuel chapter twelve. From verse fifteen and ending at verse twenty-three. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Second Samuel twelve fifteen. Then Nathan departed to his house, and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bore to David, and it became ill. David therefore pleaded with God for the child, and David fasted. And went in and lay all night on the ground. So, the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the ground. But he would not, nor did he eat food with them. Then on the seventh day, it came to pass that the child died. And the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, Indeed, while the child was alive, we spoke to him, and he would not heed our voice. How can we tell him that the child is dead? He may do some harm. When David saw that his servants were whispering, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore, David said to his servants, is the child dead? And they said, He is dead. So David arose from the ground, washed and anointed himself, and changed his clothes. And he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he went to his own house, and when he requested, they set food before him, and he ate. Then the servant said to him, What is it that you have done? You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive. But when the child died, you arose and ate food. And he said, While the child was alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, Who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me? 
that the child may be dead. Why should I speak him? I shall go to him, and he shall not return to me. Amen. We fast for various reasons. Um, one of the reasons why we fast commonly is for petitioning, petitioning God. As you have seen in the case of David here this morning, we fast for petition, to petition God, to make our prayers known to him, to make supplication, to ask for a favor, miracle, for something great, something precious to us. That is petition. We petition God. We ask God. And um, throughout these 14 days, most of our fasting, in fact, is for petitioning God. Our prayers, our petitions. Sometimes we fast for, more, for lamentation. Lamentation is when you've done something that you are, very, you are sorry for. You want to repent. You lament. You can fast that lamentation. And that's what you are doing here now. Though if you have been living in sin, it's a chance for you to repent. But we fast in many for petition. And also, you can fast for mourning. Mourning when disaster has come and you go before the Lord and you mourn and you ask God to, you know, do something about that for mourning. But most of the time in this church, we fast as a congregation to petition the Lord. Like I said, it's also a chance for us to, to lament and to repent because after the revival, God does not expect that any of us will continue the same way as we were before we began the revival. That is what revival is all about. At the end of it, by the end of it, purpose in your heart. Examine yourself. Look at yourself. That at least, if for nothing at all, you have drawn nearer to God. Become more committed to God. Begin to take the things of God more seriously. Every little thing, every detail. Because you're not dealing with man, but you're dealing with God. This story talks about David's child, whom he had with Uriah's wife, Bathsheba. And the Bible says that God struck the child, and the child became ill. The child was sick and was at the point of dying. David loved the child. David loved the child. The child was about to die. David did not just look on I'm sure the physicians had done, had, done, had done all that they could, but David knew that God, and only God, was the one who could bring this child's health back, restore the child back to health, heal or cure the child. So he fasted and wept, lay on the ground. And he said, who knows, perhaps God will have mercy on me and the child because he has sinned. This child was born out of sin. The child was born with somebody else's wife, Uriah's wife. 
So the child was born out of sin. And God was not happy with that. But David said, who knows? God being gracious, God being, God being merciful, who knows? He might have mercy on the child and spare his life. But it happened after seven days, the child died. The child died. And when the child died, that was the end of... David also ended his fasting and prayers. And he said, well, the child is there. I cannot bring him back. While he was alive, there was hope. While the child was alive, there was hope that God will hear my prayers. God will see my fasting. God will see how he was afflicting his soul and saved the child. But when the child was dead, there was no point in continuing with the fast. Therefore, he got up, washed himself, anointed himself, and they set food before him and he ate. Praise the Lord. Maybe we too, when we have a loved one who is sick, ill, um, we could do the same. Pray for that person. Pray for that person. And if God does not heal that person, the person dies, uh, maybe that, that is not a time to now start crying. When a person is sick, that is a time to weep and cry. Weep, cry, fast, and ask that God should save your loved one. When the person is dead, get up, put on white, 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 not black, black. Eat and drink. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So here we see David offering supplicatory prayer. Petition is what we call supplicatory prayer. Supplication. Um, we see another example in the book of Esther. Esther chapter 4. Esther 4, 16 and 17. Esther 4, 16 and 17. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Esther chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. Go, gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I'll go to the king which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther commanded him. Hallelujah. Uh, the lives of the entire Jewish population was threatened because a decree had gone out from the king because of some activities, so who hated the Jews, they've caused the king to make a decree. And the Jews were all about to perish. And the law of the land said that no one could come to the king before the king, unless the king had invited you. It didn't matter who you were. No matter who you were in those days, if you just went to the king without an invitation, without the king's knowledge, you were to be killed. You were to be killed. And Esther was the queen, but she was not exempted from this law. She was not exempted. She was not above, she was not above this law. 
But she had to go to the king to plead for the Jews, that the Jews be spared. And uh, she put her life on the line. She took a big risk. Before she did so, she told Mordecai to tell all the Jews in the land to fast for her. Three days, day and night, fast for her. No food, no drink. That's absolute fast. Absolute fast. After which she will go to the king. And they said, if I perish, I perish. If I die, I die. She took a big risk. God intervened and uh, she was not killed. She didn't perish and the Jews were saved. Praise the Lord. So when you face with a very serious predicament, a very serious situation, an impossible scenario, problem, one thing you could do privately to fast. And like we said at the beginning of these 14 days of fasting, we said that though we're fasting as a church, though we have proclaimed the church, we've called for, sorry, we've, we've proclaimed the fast, we've called for a fast, it is to afford you, to give you an opportunity to also take advantage, fast and plead your cases, plead your case before God. Or at least plead for somebody. Sometimes you may find difficult on your own to do it, but when we proclaim it in the church, when we call for a fast, then it gives you and me the opportunity, opportunity to afflict yourself and seek the face of God, um, petition him at least for the rest of the year for yourself and for somebody else. And if you have a problem, you all have problems, you are all in one situation or the other, it's a chance for you to now come before God and plead your case, petition him concerning your situation. And that's why we encourage every one of us, everybody in our churches, from Niboy Town to Michelle Camp, to be a partaker, to join us, because we are all one body in Christ. And no one should exempt himself or herself. Because then you mean, you are what I'm saying, that you don't need God to intervene in anything. It's not just that you are not joining us, but what you're saying that you don't, you have no problem. You mean that you have no problem. Because if you have a problem, you want God to intervene. Uh, so your time, you put everything aside. Everything will come a poor second. Number one priority is that these 14 days, even if I have not to, if I have not to go to work, I won't go to work. And God, looking at your heart, will intervene. God will intervene. God is, is, is a very generous, loving, kind God. And when he, and he looks at the heart, not at the outward appearance. And that's what we're doing. So if you've not been taking part, then it means that you tell God that you have no problem or you're not interested. And um, that may not go down well, God, concerning you. We still have seven days. It's not too late for you to take part. That's why we meet Mondays to Fridays. Five days. Plenty of days for you to take part. 
So if you've not been taking part, take note. Esther said all the Jews should fast for three days. All of them. Not one person exempted himself or excused himself. No excuse. Because that and their lives were, were at risk. They were going to be killed. They were all going to be killed. And because they were going to be killed, they took part. Maybe in your case, it's a job. It's marriage. It's pregnancy. Deliverance. It's healing. If not for you, maybe for somebody else. And if you consider that need as urgent or as important as happened to David concerning his child and Esther concerning the Jews, then you will not be careless. You will not be um, so unconcerned as not to take part. Especially when the majority of us are doing it. Clearly, therefore, clearly, fasting and petition uh, are one and the same. Fasting augments prayer. Fasting supplements prayer. So that fasting go hand in hand with serious petitions. For example, Jeremiah, let's go to Jeremiah, Jeremiah 14, 11 and 12. Jeremiah chapter 14. Jeremiah 14, 11 and 12. Fasting and petition are one they say. For example, Jeremiah 14, 11 and 12 says, Then the Lord said to me, Do not pray for these people for, for their good. When they fast, when they fast, I will not hear their cry. And when they offer burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. But I will consume them by the sword, by the famine and by the pestilence. God had intended this toward the people of Israel. And Jeremiah is there to fast and pray for them. But God said, do not pray for these people. Do not pray for their good. For their good. Prayer can do things. So God said, do not pray for these people. Because if you, if you pray for them, I may God meant that you will have to do something about it. So, prayer and fasting move mountains. And it's a fact. That's why Jesus, in the days of Jesus, Jesus equated, Jesus equates supplication to fasting. Jesus equates prayer with fasting. When he teaches that the removal of mountains comes about only by prayer and fasting. Jesus was teaching saying that, in fact, fasting augments, fasting enlarges, supplements, prayer, and can then, it can even move mountains. Matthew 17, Matthew 17, 20 and 21. Matthew 17, 20 and 21. 
Matthew chapter 17, verses 20 and 21. So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go except by prayer and fasting. However, this kind does not go except by prayer and fasting. There are, di there are different kinds. There are different kinds of situations. There are different kinds of needs. And there are different kinds of or levels of difficulties. Some of the things we ask for are hard. Some are easy. So Jesus said, this kind, this one, it will only happen. You only get an answer only by prayer and by fasting. Because after that, there's nothing more you can do. There's nothing more you can do. Yes, you may be praying all the time. We pray all the time. But we don't fast all the time. But when you are fasting to your prayer, beyond that, there's nothing. You cannot go cut yourself or bleed yourself or knock yourself. or No, there's nothing. So it is the highest form of prayer. When you add fasting to your prayers, because when it has been proclaimed in the church, it is the highest form of prayer. And that is why we, at the beginning, we said that, well, maybe those who have not taken part in the fasting shouldn't take part in the communion. Because if you've not been with us these seven days or five days, then what, what, then what are you taking the communion for? But we will excuse you, provided that you're going to begin from today. Chad, do you agree with me? Yes. We will we'll, we'll excuse you, provided that you continue with us from today. Hallelujah. However, this kind does not go. This kind does not go except by prayer and by fasting. Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Barnabas, before appointing elders for the churches, fasted and prayed. Acts 14, 23. Acts 14, 23. Paul and Barnabas, before they appointed elders or leaders for the churches, fasted and prayed. Acts 14, 23. So when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. They prayed and fasted and commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. There is therefore a clear implication that fasting is an, is an effective addition to petition. Therefore, a clear, very clear implication that fasting is an effective addition to petition. Hallelujah. Clap your two hands for Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Fasting is therefore, in conclusion, fasting is therefore an expression of priorities. You see, in this world, we have priorities. 
we have priorities. We have some things we consider more important than others. To prioritize is to decide what things are more important and what things are less important. And when you decide to fast, it's a means of prioritizing. Prioritizing some things in your life. And in this, in this process, in this expression of priorities, the believer, you and I, have an opportunity to express. We want to express our undivided. Just say undivided. It's a, an expression of our undivided and intensive devotion. Whether 14 days or 7 days, or even 3 days or 1 day. During that time, you are giving your undivided attention, devotion. Now, you are not considering anything else. That time, fasting and prayer is the top of your list. Everything else comes second. Distance shouldn't be an excuse. Time should not be an excuse. That's why we say we have to plan. Everything, everything you plan. If you prioritize, even if you have to take 14 days leave from your office, we all have annual leaves. Annual leave. We apply in November that from the 17th, 30th January, you are taking your annual leave. Even though you are prioritizing. You are giving part of your leave, which we take in June, July, to use on other things. You have taken that part two weeks for this. You are prioritized. It means that you are giving God your undivided and uh, serious all, 100% intensive devotion to the Lord and to the concerns of their spiritual life. Not only are you giving this time prioritizing for God, but also it's attention for your spiritual needs in your life. Your needs in your life. That's what it means. So in conclusion, what we say in that fasting, let me say that again. Therefore, it's an expression of priorities. And that's why if you don't take part, me that then maybe you have no need, or whatever you need is not important. It's the other things, other things are more important than that. Maybe your work is more important, your traveling is more important. Or even staying at home is more important. Not doing anything is more important. Or sleeping is more important. So priority is prioritizing. In which the believer is given an opportunity. In other words, if you don't proclaim or call for the fire, you may not do it. You may not do it by yourself. You may not do it. So when the church then gives you that chance, that opportunity, that platform to come to God with your undivided and intensive devotion, offering it to God concerning your needs in this life. And don't forget that every need that we have, as physical or natural as it may be, the solution is spiritual. The solution 
is spiritual. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Um, where was it? During the week, during the week, my daughter, one of my daughters came to me. Um, feeling sick, headaches, body pains. Really feeling very ill, very, very ill. And she's been to the hospital or to hospitals. She's seen doctors, giving medications. And she was getting worse, getting worse. Seeing doctors, medications, taking them all, but not cured, not healed. We pray for her here on um, Friday night. We didn't have to pray for long, two, three minutes. Cast out some evil spirits who were tormenting her. Whereas going to a hospital takes hours. You see, you take transport from your house to the hospital, pay money. Now even torture is very expensive. You go and wait. Register, pay for consultation. Wait for hours before you see the doctor. Go there, doctor will spend some time with you. From there, you go to the pharmacy, go and queue there, buy medications. Take another transport home, spend one week taking medications. After one week, they realize that you are not you are not getting your healing. But you come to God, and within two minutes, God heals you. Tell two people up there. Clap your two hands for Jesus. Showing that even sicknesses, diseases, body pains have their roots in their spirit, spiritual realm. So being marriage. You believe in God for marriage, believe in God for pregnancy and childbirth, children, to travel, whatever it is, for your healing, your cure, job, promotion, financial breakthrough, living God for increasing your business. Business. Or even you tell that now it's time for you to marry. Fast and pray that the Lord that the Lord will show you the person you should marry. Time for you to instead of just praying for marriage, you've been praying for marriage. Now, fast and pray that the Lord will indicate to you your marriage partner. And this is what we mean by prioritizing. Prioritizing. By giving God your undivided and intensive devotion concerning the Lord and spiritual things. Spiritual things. That is all. And may God hear you all this, this revival. May God accept your fast, this revival. And may he heal you and grant you request, the answer to your requests in the mighty name of Jesus.